Thank you everyone for listening to our special education podcast. So far, we have discussed some very important information. Before we go on and dive into some more material, we just wanted to wrap up what we have talked about in the first three episodes. Let's start with episode one, where we discuss the four laws of special education. The first law we will review is the Individuals with Disabilities Act, or IDEA, which stated that all public schools were required by law to provide equal access to education for children with both physical and mental disabilities. This act went on to include that school districts were required to provide administrative procedures to parents of disabled students to dispute any decision made in regards to their child's education. IDEA also guaranteed access to free appropriate public education, or FAPE, in the least restrictive environment, LRE, to every student with disabilities. IDEA was reauthorized and amended in 1990, 1997, and 2004. In 2004, IDEA became known as the Individuals with Disabilities Improvement Act, or IDEIA, which emphasized the need for policies to ensure all students with disabilities were receiving FAPE. Another amendment to this act required that students with disabilities individualized education programs, or IEPs, were to include students' present level of academic achievement and functional performance. The Zero Redirect Clause of IDEA ensures that all children are provided with FAPE, no matter how severe their disabilities. Under this clause, a child is not to be denied the the right to FAPE because a school district believes they are unable to learn due to their disabilities or behavioral issues. Moving on from IDEA, let's review Section 504 of the Rehabilitation Act in 1973. Section 504 stated that major life activities include functions such as caring for oneself, performing manual tasks, which include walking, seeing, hearing, speaking, breathing, learning, and working. Congress has defined additional major life activities such as sleeping, eating, standing, lifting, bending, reading, concentrating, thinking, and communicating. Section 504 also provided assistance to students who were struggling and required extra assistance but were not eligible to receive services through IDEA. Now that we have discussed the major components of Section 504, let's look back at the Americans with Disabilities Act, or ADA. The ADA was first introduced to Congress in 1988 and amended in 2008. This act covers our students with disabilities when they lose their IDEA coverage. ADA is the main law that covers students with disabilities when they age out of special education services by offering services through college accommodations or finding employment after high school. The main difference between IDEA, Section 504, and ADA is that there is no money associated with Section 504 and ADA. There are only penalties associated with these laws when IEPs are out of compliance. 504 and ADA cover a much broader population than IDA. Lastly, for our four laws, let's review the Every Student Succeeds Act, or ESSA, of 2010, which is previously known as the No Child Left Behind, NCLB Act of 2002. In 2007, the NCLB Act was scheduled to be revised due to the difficulty schools had in enforcing the requirements of the Act. In 2007, it was renamed the Elementary and Secondary Education Act, or ESEA. Then in 2010, it was reauthorized as the Every Student Succeeds Act. The sole purpose of this law was to provide an equal opportunity for all students and to prepare them for college and careers after high school. 
now that we've reviewed our four main special education laws, I'm going to shoot over to Jania, who's going to wrap up and discuss the biggest components of the IEP. The biggest takeaway from my podcast episode, IEP, is that individualized education programs are needed and they help students in many ways. I believe that they were a good tool that was created for students. And after doing research, I learned so much and I looked at so many cases that had so many trials and errors, but all the trials and errors ended up being for the betterment of IEPs and different things that were put in place for students. Um, IEPs were created today for that are created today are for the betterment of students, I believe, and their education. I think focusing on this episode really taught me how much goes into an IEP, what it takes, what tests are done, and how it plays an essential role in a student's education. And I don't think that we would be where we are without IEPs. Okay, thank you, Jania, for wrapping up the components of an IEP. Now we are going to discuss the biggest takeaway of students with disabilities that were covered within the episode three of the 13 disabilities. So first we are going to hear from Amber. So here's Amber's takeaway for the disabilities. So for our final segment, each of us will briefly share what we learned so far through this course. I'll start by saying that my biggest takeaway from learning about students with disabilities is how ignorant I have been. By ignorant, I'm referring to my lack of knowledge. Having a disability isn't a topic that is discussed openly, so I never knew anything about it. Growing up, I had no firsthand experience with individuals with disabilities. In school, they were tucked away on the opposite side of the building like some shameful secret. On the occasions I would encounter them, I was simply told not to stare. Having disability is nothing to be ashamed of, but our society treats it like it is. If I wasn't pursuing a career in this profession, or if my son wasn't recently diagnosed uh, with DD and autism, I would remain ignorant and oblivious to the world of disabilities. Through this course, I've learned how hard life is for these individuals and how hard they had to fight to be treated and seen as equals. After taking this course, I believe we need to shed more light on disabilities. We need to create more awareness and educate ourselves further so that we don't remain ignorant. Okay, and lastly, we are going to look at some of the key disabilities that were covered by Amanda under the 13 IDEA disabilities. And specifically, we're going to review the multiple disabilities or MD specific learning disabilities, SLD, and other health impairments, or OHI. Let us briefly review each of these disabilities. Multiple disabilities is defined as a child who has one or more disabilities. Having multiple disabilities created education needs that could not be met in a program that was designed to focus on any one disability. Characteristics of MD include limited speech or communication, difficulty in basic physical mobility, tendency to forget skills through disuse, trouble generalizing skills from one situation to another, and a need for support in major life activities. Specific learning disabilities, or SLD, covers a specific group of learning challenges affecting a child's ability to learn. Approximately 10 to 15% of school-age children have a learning disability. 
SLD includes students who have dyslexia, which is difficulty in reading, dysgraphia, difficulty in writing, and dyscalculia, which is a difficulty in math, or auditory processing disorder, and nonverbal learning disability. Lastly, other health impairments, or OHI, is defined as having conditions that limit a child's strength, energy, or alertness. Common examples of OHI include asthma, ADD, ADHD, diabetes, epilepsy, heart conditions, cancer, and HIV. That is it. That is it for our wrap-up of the Special Education Podcast. I appreciate all of our followers so much for tuning in each week to listen to our new segments. In these four short episodes, we covered a lot of useful information to help individuals better understand the main special education laws, the primary components of an IEP, and the 13 disabilities that are outlined under IDEA. I really hope everyone enjoyed listening to Amber, Amanda, Jania, and myself these past few weeks and gained some new information about special education. Tune in next week to learn more about the ever-changing world of special education.